Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. And uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about driving lessons. And today, I understand you're going to tell us about your driving test, which uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds great. I am indeed. So this actually has relevance to the topic at hand, namely troubleshooting Agile, because I was coaching a client and, uh, you know, normally I have to anonymize the clients quite a lot. This one I don't have to anonymize because their problem is universal. And the problem they were having is that they were preparing hugely for each thing. And the uh, person I'm coaching was saying that uh, he was all ready to do something new. And I said, great. And he said, yes, so we're holding the first meeting tomorrow, and then we're hiring the team, and then we're doing the next, and you know, this was going to be three months from now before anything happened. And I said, uh, and I'm going to get back to the driving test. Don't worry, I'll explain the, the driving test uh, piece as it comes up in this coaching interaction. Because I said, so uh, uh, why don't we do something uh, this week? So your homework before we get back together is to, to take action on this. And he said, but, but wait, that, that'll be wrong. We'll, we'll do the wrong thing. And I said, let me tell you about my driving test, because I had a very friendly driving instructor who was helpful to me in various ways. And one of the ways he was helpful is that when we would go for the driving test, and, uh, uh, newsflash, it, it took me multiple tests to, to pass. I'm not a great driver. And he, he said, now, what we're going to do before we go to the test location is we're going to drive around a little bit. You're going to drive around a little bit so you can make all the mistakes first and you can get them out of your system. So I told this story to the person I was coaching, and he said, that doesn't help me at all. Why, why do you want me to do this thing that's not going to be right? And I said, well, this is part of driving. This is part of moving quickly. And it's uh, exactly an agile principle that, that we already at least profess to do in our agile teams. Namely, let's try doing something that we know is not going to be right, but from which we will learn a lot. And he said, ah, okay, so for this initiative, and this was an internal initiative shifting their culture, doing something in a new way, we could do the same sort of thing like uh, uh, an A-B test or an experiment that we would learn from. I said, exactly, you've got the right idea. So just like my driving instructor said, well, hey, let's drive around a bit so that you, you get out all the, the bad ideas. You, you remind yourself what all the things are that don't work. Then your agile team can do the same, try something, without all the planning, without all the preparation, and you know it's going to be wrong. You're going to get the wrong result. And that's a good thing because it'll give people something to argue about. It'll give people something to argue against. It'll give you examples of actual behavior. Now, there are some some caveats to that, but I, I want to see what you think of it first, Jeffrey. Was my advice good? Uh, well, I love it. No, I, it's fantastic. That's, uh, which is why we're doing the podcast on it, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's um, what I what I love about this is it gets to, very much to one of the dilemmas that uh, uh, and one of the powers of agile. Uh, the a big element in agile for me has always been the idea of iteration. And as you say, we're, we know we're not going to be perfect. We know what we're doing is not right. Um, but we also we're going to learn from what we do. And this idea of pain to learn and being okay with being imperfect is uh, is so important and, and, and it brings to mind the difference between um, iterative development and incremental development uh, and they're they're very very important to understand the difference uh, incremental development is something that people often aim for when, when instead of iterative and, and the, idea of the, the difference between the two is incremental is I have this idea up front and I'm going to deliver everything according to my vision in pieces so I'm, I'm doing incremental delivery and, and that's better than big bang delivery 
but it it has the weakness that it's you're it's not still optimized it's not optimized for learning it, it, well, let me just check i understand it right so this is kind of like a 3d printer that comes along and it, it has a picture of what the uh, i don't know the fish or whatever it is that you're going to make on your 3d printer is going to look like but first it lays down the the bottom of the fish and then the, the next scales and then the fin and then the next part and so it just keeps adding but it's always adding part of fish it's never going to turn into a whale or a, a, <laughs> i don't know a dish or something it, it's always going to turn into the same thing coming out of your 3d printer because it has an ultimate plan and it's building up that that's incremental have i got it right yeah that's exactly that's perfect and the um, other view is uh, iterative where i'm going to go ahead and um, uh, rework the, essentially the whole thing I'm, I'm delivering something kind of in low fidelity and then I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and, and essentially do it again. Potentially, I'm going to deliver something that may be different than what I was anticipating. And uh, uh, the idea here is that I'm I'm more open to learning. I haven't I'm not as fixed on where I'm going to end up. So it might be geez, I don't know exactly how to do it in the world of uh, an, an alternative to three printers. But I might be thinking like I'm trying to make a shape to go in the water, and I'm going to I'm going to be refining it and refining it as I go until I end up with something nicely. Fusi form, and I maybe end up with a dolphin shape. Well, I might imagine the Wright brothers inventing um, heavier than air flight at Kitty Hawk. They started out with a bunch of parts, and they put them together, and the plane didn't take off. And then they put them together a different way, and the plane didn't take off. And they kept going until eventually the plane kind of lurched into the air. <laughs> that they they didn't come out with the idea. Oh yes, we'll curve the wing just this way, and we'll you know increase the curvature by this much every day. And here's our detailed plan for how we're going to launch on the sands of Kitty Hawk. They said, "Hey, we're going to show up with a bunch of parts, and we'll keep tweaking it until it works." That—that's the sort of thing that that I think we mean by iterative development, or in my case, iterative culture change. That, that's right. And so this and, and this iterative idea is something I think that people have heard about in the context of software development. However, what you're talking about now is taking it, making it more generalizable to say, you know, actually we can do. Uh, the same type of uh, um, you know non Big Bang approach uh, for things other than software, and I think that's the part that uh, that I find really intriguing here. Well, great. Well, I hope listeners do too. So let me give you some caveats and some guides to how to do this. So the first thing to do is exactly what I assigned the, my coaching client to do, which is come up with a bad idea, one that you know is wrong. Now, what you're not sure about, I mean, if you absolutely know exactly the right thing to do, then why are we even talking about it, right? So you should just go <laughs> do that. So we're, we're assuming that you're in sort of, in, in Kinevan terms, the complex domain, you're in a situation where you're not sure what the right direction is. Um, if you're interested in Kinevan, see the show notes where we'll uh, link to, to the, the Welsh word Kinevan, which is spelt funny. Uh, but the, the if, assuming you're in that situation where you don't know quite what the right thing to do is, do something that you know is wrong, but is in the right direction. So you wouldn't want to um, to make a cultural change, I don't know, toward um, uh, authoritarianism and um, uh, uh, disempowerment if you're trying to get your team to uh, uh, be more uh, creative in their software development. That would clearly be the wrong direction. But you might not know how they could be more creative, so you might say, okay, we're going to release something this week that we didn't think of at the beginning of the week. That's going to be our way to be more creative. We're almost certainly going to release the wrong thing, and this almost certainly isn't going to be the way that eventually we'll be more creative. But what we're going to do is do something that we know is wrong but is in the right direction so that we can see which bits of it are wrong and which bits of it actually turn out to be more uh, in line with where we're trying to go. And then the other... Yeah, you said you said that we know is in the right direction. I want to challenge that a bit because I I don't know if it's important that it's in the right direction. 
because because I, I can imagine using this um, approach that you're using where you, you don't know what the right direction is. Sure, that, sure, that, absolutely. And, and I think is you're doing an experiment where you can learn. Oh my God, this <laughs> this was totally the wrong direction. We should we should try going somewhere else. Obviously, as you say, it's not. We're not saying don't use any of the knowledge you have. Exactly. That's all I mean is is do something using the knowledge you have that sort of seems like it might possibly be right but you might intentionally do it in a way that you, you are pretty sure does not dot all I's and cross all T's. Yeah. I think that's one thing we can be certain here very often is we know that what we have won't be totally correct. It won't be, you know, perfectly the right thing. And that's what we're arguing. For. What I like about this is to unblock people to start making progress sooner when it, the, the, often the tension, the, 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 the draw is, well, wait, let's go slowly and, try to analyze this and, you know, try to do, you know, let's make sure we don't make a mistake. And instead we're saying, no, no, make a mistake. <laughs> that's, that, make a mistake as soon as possible because you're going to learn from that mistake. And that's exactly that... like my driving instructor. He said, let's go out and get the mistakes out of the way. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's eliminate them early. Now there's a caveat to this and it's one that can help you feel more calm. Cause I bet some of our, I know some of our listeners listen to us when they're driving or when they're jogging or something. So try to stay on the road or the pavement, you know, wherever <laughs> you are, you know, don't, don't, and some of you are, are wigging out right now. Oh my God, you're going to tell me to do the wrong thing. And my boss is going to kill me and so on. So the other caveat is to make sure that whatever you're doing is reversible. So you're not doing an irreversible change. So if, uh, for example, I, I wouldn't suggest that you uh, fire half the team because you think it might possibly be that they have the wrong cultural attributes and you'd like to replace them. That would be an irreversible step and probably would not help you to recover if you suddenly find out actually that most of those folks are people that you want in your team. So that, that would be the opposite of what we're suggesting. That would be a bad idea that would not be powerful. Well, it would be pretty powerful, but it'd be in the wrong direction. So uh, what would be much better would be, so let's suppose that you think that your team could be, I'll just stick with that more creative example. You think your team could be more creative, but there's some people who are less creative. Then what you could do that's reversible is form a sub-team for a short time and say, okay, for this sprint, we're going to split into two and we're going to have kind of the business as usual and we're going to have the more creative. And we're just going to see if that works. And that might have the effect of annoying some of the people in the business and usual group, as usual group, um, confusing some customers, slowing down per, uh, productivity. It might have various uh, negative effects, which you could learn from. Might also have some very positive effects. You come up with a new idea you never thought of before, that, and, and you learn that you can encourage creative creativity in these ways. But then after that sprint, you could always go back. It's a it's a reversible process. And so I'd suggest that if you're going to apply bad ideas, that you use the knowledge that you have and that you make sure that the steps you take are reversible. At this point about reversibility reminds me of the phrase that people will often say, which is make it cheap to fail. And and when you're talking about this reversible versus irreversible, that's what comes to mind to me. That that, that uh, example you used of, of firing half the team, in a sense, it is reversible. You could go back and, and rehire, if not exactly them, their equivalents, but that would be very expensive. Yes, um, very good point. And so structuring your experiments to be cheap to fail uh, is, is a good idea. The other thing that struck out to me is that this idea, we're embracing the idea that we're doing something that we know is going to be wrong, that we know is going to have mistakes in it. And what I like about that is, is because um, it, the question is, what's the alternative? <laughs> the idea is we don't really have alternatives to prevent mistakes. I mean, or rather not all the mistakes. 
uh, and and going slower, in my experience, usually doesn't prevent mistakes. It actually tends to change the dynamics, change the situation. The the world changes in the in the months that you take to do something different, so that your your precautions and your mitigations don't work, and you miss all kinds of opportunities to learn in the interim. Yes, I think that that's exactly the, the the lost opportunities to learn. And because I think when we do this kind of planning and we 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 put everything together, I want to say it's not that it's useless. It's not that we don't prevent a certain class of mistakes. But I think uh, it it clearly, in my experience, doesn't catch all the mistakes. It doesn't catch all the problems. So we're we're going to have this period of learning when through doing anyway. That's going to we're going to at some point we're going to do something and we're going to learn at that point that there were things that we missed. And the question is, when do we embrace that process? Do we, we can start tomorrow, or we, we can start today, <laughs> or, or or we can we can do it in, in the future when we've kind of gotten rid of all this sort of low hanging fruit, all the ones that we were able to think through, and then we're left with the ones that we couldn't. Um, to me, that that lost time and things that we could have learned very quickly is is where the problem comes in. And then, of course, one of the values, one of the things that you can you, know, you can get as a side effect, one of the value uh, valuable results of this is uh, I'd certainly advocate that you share exactly what you're doing. This is what I told my client to do. I said, now tell people that you're doing this and you know it's wrong and make sure that they're aware that you're intentionally doing something that is um, less than optimal, that you haven't done all the planning. And that's a very useful cultural message in itself, because that can lead to them taking that sort of risk again, reversibly uh, in the direction that the of the knowledge that they have in their own uh, activities and in their own uh, organizations below you, and that can be extremely helpful as well. So you're giving a cultural message. I'm okay with being wrong. It's okay if you're wrong. I would rather learn quickly as an organization than be perfectly right. And taking some risks of being wrong is a good thing that we do here in this company. And that, I think, can be a very useful message to pass along as well. I, re I really like that message. You, you might be able to tell I'm pretty excited about this whole uh, idea, and, and uh, I'm surprised I hadn't heard this story from you before. Amazing. We've been doing this for <laughs> a couple of years now, and there's still new, new stories coming out. Uh, and it's not like you just took the your driving test in the last couple of years. That was <laughs> No, I've been driving for a while. I'm not sure I've got a whole lot better. I, st I still have a lot of mistakes to make, but I, I at least managed to pass the test um, after multiple attempts, let's put it that way. I had, I had many chances to try again, and, and that was okay. I learned from each one. But this one of the things that resonates with me that's been going on uh, uh, recently at, at uh, work for me is we've been talking about Kaizen, you know, continuous improvement, and Toyota Kata uh, has been back in our vocabulary. We've been doing this deliberately. And one of the things I always liked about Toyota Kata was um, it has the, the, the question saying, you know, um, as you go through, you go through the process about sort of identifying what obstacle you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, because for people who don't know, I'll, it's it's a small enough um, process. I'll, I'll describe it in a little bit more detail. You have some objective that you're trying to reach, some end state that you have in mind, and um, then you uh, you have your your current condition. You know, where are we now? And then you choose an intermediate target condition. So this is this is something that you believe is on the path towards your ultimate uh, vision. You know, where the sort of direction that you're going. And then what you do is is you experiment through um, PDCA cycles, they call them plan, do, check, act, um, uh, from your current condition towards the target condition. And the, the thing about it is that's what I like. One of the elements I like is you, you choose one obstacle to work on, and then you say, um, okay, so what are we going to try? And this is part of it. This is essentially these are experiments that may not work. 
what are we going to try and what do we think is going to happen? And then there's the question of when, uh, when can we see the result? And, and in the book, Toyota Kata, uh, Mike Rother has the line, he says, you know, and today is not too soon. <laughs> and I, I love the idea that you can have this sort of discussion and be like, you know, it's, it's, uh, what time is it now for us? It's, it's, um, a quarter to quarter to four, you know, when, when, <laughs> when can we see the result? Would it be possible? Yeah, how about to... at five? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Could we know by five? That would be okay. We don't need to wait. It doesn't need to be a long process. We can start learning right away. And I really like that about the Toyota Kata mindset. And I really like it about this message that you're giving, uh, which is, you know, go ahead and, and make the mistakes and, and, and also make it okay for everyone else. Make that, if we want to be a learning organization, that means it has to be okay for us to make mistakes because learning is the detection and correction of error. And, uh, and so it's only by when we try to do something and can detect that, that gap between what we expected and what reality is that we have the opportunity to learn. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about all this and, and, and very happy that you uh, brought that in as our, as our topic for today. Fantastic. Well, I hope listeners also find it useful. Please go forth and make some mistakes. We'd love to hear about it if you do that. Make them today. Don't, don't wait. So if you're going forth and doing that, you can get in touch with us and ask us questions about it, tell us about it, tell us that we're wrong. All of those things are very welcome. You'll find all the information about us, Twitter, email, carrier pigeon, anything else you want at conversationaltransformation.com. Things like troubleshootingagile.com will also get you to us. And we'd love to hear from you there. Uh, there's also free videos and messages about events. We have a very busy March, all kinds of stuff happening then. So sign up for those, find out more about us, and uh, get in touch with us, most importantly, if you're out there uh, accelerating your learning by trying bad ideas. Jeffrey, I'll see you next uh, Wednesday. All right. See you then. <laughs>